right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the FearCast. This is the podcast dedicated to OCD and anxiety, uh, anxiety spectrum disorders, not just uh, OCD-related stuff, but phobias and fears and all sorts of stuff. Uh, anything that you can be afraid of, um, reasonable or not, that's what we're here to talk about. Uh, in addition to living with it and overcoming it with treatment. So, uh, uh, welcome. My name is Kevin Foss. I'm a licensed clinician here in California. And um, I'm your host, and I'm going to take you through this uh, new lovely episode. For those of you who are new to the show, uh, this is a question and answer based podcast for uh, uh, for OCD and anxiety. And if you have a question about OCD and anxiety treatment, um, you can email them in. You can go to fearcastpodcast.com and you can send me a question there. I will read it. I'll consider it. I'll think about it. And then I will likely put it on the show. And that is what's going to happen for this episode. So, um, so first off, uh, for those of you who made it through the last episode, that's tremendous. You did it. You made it. I did too. And you know what? Um, to address the fear, well, so for all of you, if this is your new episode, the first episode, um, the last episode, I did not do any editing on, except for just like a little, little bit. I just kind of added some music. But, um, you know, I got a lot of positive feedback from it. Thank you for all of you who listened to it. And uh, you know what? To no surprise, my crazy man thought did not come true. No one called or emailed and said, hey, that was the worst episode you've ever done. Or, hey, what a terrible show. Or, hey, what an awful therapist. I didn't hear any of that, despite what my crazy man thinks. So, everybody... That is what we're talking about here, is addressing some of our thoughts that's, that are irrational, that are, quote, crazy. I will use that term if you're new. I will use that term very liberally because sometimes, as I say for myself, you don't have to use this for yourself, but for myself, sometimes I think like a crazy man and I don't like it and it's unreasonable, so I'm going to do my best to not pay attention to it. Um, my best doesn't mean I'm perfect. It means I'm improving. Uh, and that's isn't that what we're all trying to do anyways? So... So I'll be honest, I'm a little thrown off today. I uh, got into the office, I sat down, read through the question I was going to uh, answer, wrote through this whole thing. Again, I write like three pages of notes for these episodes. Uh, got through the whole thing, and then all of a sudden, I'm having tech issues. Um, have you ever done the thing where you update your computer, and then all of a sudden, half your software doesn't work? That happened to me today with my recording software. So it wasn't quite connecting. My audio interface wasn't working. Uh, the software that I use to mix my audio and then have a feedback or have a loop back so I can hear my voice and it none of it was working and it might never work again. So I may be in the market for a new audio interface, which kind of bums me out. I kind of get really excited about it, though, because then I get to uh, think about and, and buy new toys. But I don't man, I don't want to buy new stuff. So, I really liked this audio interface. I really like it. Um, we'll see if I have to buy a new one. This conversation is useless for most of you, so we'll see if I cut this out. May or may not. Anyways, as per usual, uh, I'm going to answer a question from a listener. So, I got a question from a listener named Melissa. So, Melissa asked... Hey, I just watched your podcast about ROCD, and it made me realize that there could be a chance that I have it, which in a way has given me some relief, but it hasn't taken away the anxiety I feel on a daily basis. I also have some other possible symptoms, and it would be great if you could get back to me and tell me whether there are OCD symptoms. I have dreams every night. 
about all the different fears I have, which includes that I'll cheat on my boyfriend, that we'll just be friends one day, and he'll meet someone new. My brain seems to find every possible excuse as to why I should break up with my boyfriend, whom I love so much, and turn it into a real issue to me. I really want to stop it somehow and go back to how I used to be with him, because I know he hasn't changed. He's still the same person I fell in love with, but I'm scared that these feelings are persuading my brain to fall out of love with him, and that I'm losing my feelings because of the constant thoughts that my brain has, which includes pretty much everything you said in the podcast. I told my boyfriend about it, and he wants to help, but I don't see how he could. I would be so grateful if you could reply. And then she signs off from a listener in the UK. So first off, Melissa, also a listener in the UK. Uh, thank you for listening. It's, um, it is always a delight and a surprise. It's a weird surprise. Yes, I understand that podcasts are, are an international thing, but it's always a surprise when someone who is not, um, you know, someone in Southern California listens to this podcast. Um, so it's very cool. It's very fun. Um, the, the, the countries in which I, I've looked at my stats, the countries in which or that listen to this podcast the most, uh, the United States, followed by the UK, followed by Australia. I know you guys are out there. So, hey. So, Melissa, thank you so much for, uh, for your question, for your comment. Um, I guess there really wasn't a, a question in there other than uh, here are some symptoms. Tell me if they're tell me if this is a thing. Um, in other words, there, there wasn't a question mark in the whole thing, but I'm going to take it as a question um, in a way. But thank you so much for sending it in. Um, and I'm sorry you're having to go through all of this. Um, RCD isn't fun. RCD isn't fun for anybody. Anxiety isn't fun for anybody. But um, but I, I'm really glad that you found that episode and a lot of that resonated with you. So I'm going to try to get to some of the points that you mentioned uh, in in your comment in your question. Um, and I'm going to kind of probably meander around a little bit as as I usually do. But for anyone who's new to the show or anybody who's new to the world of relationship OCD, which is what ROCD stands for, I um, just want to do a quick little overview at, overview of it and then go over through uh, some of the issues that may be at play here and and talk about perhaps what what you can do with it. So first and foremost, ROCD is just a subtype of obsessive compulsive disorder. Um, with this subtype, the there are going to be a focus on themes about the relationship, and oftentimes there are themes about whether or not the relationship is going to be successful, whether or not the person who's experiencing the fears are, uh, are, are whether or not they, they love the other person, whether or not they truly have enough love for this person, whether or not um, they should be in the relationship if they're if the relationship is going to go anywhere or be successful. There can also be some questions about the, the, the reverse, about whether or not their partner loves them enough, or whether or not there is a good connection, or whether or not the, the, the um, uh, arousal is there, or whether the attraction is fully there, or right, or what it ought to be. There's going to be a lot of attention to the rightness and the correctness or the fullness of the relationship. Now, with this, there's going to be a ton of compulsions and compulsions. Actually, let's take a step back and talk about what just OCD is. So OCD is going to be this cycle of unwanted intrusive thoughts that create anxiety that ultimately lead to compulsive behaviors in order to try to alleviate either the feeling that you get, the, the uncomfortable, unwanted terribleness, or the thought and to make sure that that obsessive what if or if then sort of thought uh, is going to happen or to make sure in a way that it is never going to happen. Once we do those compulsions, we 
feel better, at least temporarily. Now, those uh, those compulsions, yes, give give some relief, but they also reinforce the initial thought, meaning that the initial thought was useless. It was neutral. It was neither right nor wrong. But the fear oftentimes creates this sense of truthfulness or elevates it to this sense of truthfulness. And then we pay a lot more attention to it. Now, whenever we then get that thought again, we think about it a heck of a lot more. And the cycle continues on and on and on. Some of the compulsions within ROCD are going to be about checking oneself for feelings of attraction, feelings of arousal, feelings of love, about whether or not those feelings are happening at the right time, in the right way, in the right amount. Uh, and there can also certainly be some checking uh, for the other person if they're responding in the way that, quote, they're supposed to. There can be uh, asking other people. We'll talk about this later. And also, for anybody who's new to ROCD, I have a whole episode talking about this. So uh, check out some of the past episodes. You'll find it. So, Melissa, you had some questions about this or had some concerns about some of these symptoms. So, um, so yes, you said a, a lot of the things that I mentioned were resonating with you, but you also mentioned that you have dreams every night and you have fears that you'll cheat on your boyfriend and you'll just be friends and that he'll meet someone new. So, yeah, all of those can absolutely be part of, uh, of ROCD and they can be, they can, tr- can certainly contribute to the, um, to the, the, the overall obsession. They can contribute to uh, the quote, the, the reason to do a compulsion or the reason to check or the reason to be paranoid. But we'll talk a little bit about those in just a minute. But to re- remember that all of those things are just thoughts thus far. They're just um, your brain's suggestions as to something that could happen or could be true. And as of right now, we, we don't know if those things are going to be true or going to happen. Um, but again, we're, we're going we're gonna to talk just shortly about that. So, Melissa, one of the first things I want to address is this thought about dreams. You said, man, I've got all these dreams and they're terrible and I'm going to cheat on them or all this stuff. All right. So, <clears throat> within dreams, I, I give very little stock to dreams. Um, I pay almost no attention to them. I do not think they are predictive. I do not think they are the window into our soul. Um, I think they're either super cool or really weird. And I think that's to be fair. I think that's how I think that encapsulates all dreams that, that we have. Um, a lot of people are going to disagree with me. That's cool. That's fine. But you know what? They don't have a podcast, or at least that's not this one. My understanding of dreams are, is that they are a uh, collection of firing of the synapses in our brain as we are uh, uh, transferring our thoughts or our, our short-term memories into long-term memories, encoding all of those things. And during that process, it's going to kick up a lot of stuff and it's going to trigger a lot of other things. You know what? Our brain is going to combine some things and move them together and present them in different ways. Um, our brain is incredibly, incredibly complicated. Often our dreams are going to reflect regular life stressors, kind of the stuff that you've just been worrying about that day or worrying about a lot lately. Now, sometimes it's going to do this in in, in very uh, uh, weird and subtle ways, or it's going to do it in a very in-your-face and obvious ways. Um, but, but either way, they could just very well be weird dreams. But you know what? You've been stressing about this. You've been thinking about this a lot. It's reasonable to think that stuff you think about and worry about is going to show up in your dreams. But again, just because it's in your dreams doesn't mean that they're a fact or real or predictive of your future. 
So when I'm working with ROCD, I, I'm going to initially approach it uh, in, in kind of a, a two-pronged method. And I mentioned this in the ROCD uh, episode, but I'll mention it here again. Um, it's that with, with ROCD, I'm going to treat it or initially approach it with curiosity as to whether or not there are any genuine relationship issues and how OCD is attaching on to those things. It can be both. You can have genuine issues within the relationship that you're obsessing about, and you can have obsessions that that follow, or you can have thoughts that follow the OCD cycle and obsessions and compulsions that, that are pain in the butt that have everything to do with the genuine relationship problems and also have nothing to do with them. And sometimes it is both. So when I'm working with ROCD, I, I really want to first look at, are there things within the relationship that we can fix? Maybe there's some communication concerns. Maybe there's some uh, just just understandings and acknowledgments about relationships that need to be addressed or anything else that may be at play that are contributing to worries or uncertainties or fears about how the relationship is going. If we can clear those up, sometimes it can alleviate some of the anxiety. Now, that being said, Oftentimes, when it when it turns into ROCD, it's a then uh, this this elevation of the issues, a hyper focus on the on the concerns, and responding to relationship issues or just nonsense that our brain gives us in the OCD cycle. So it, it's going to be a little bit of both. Um, now, I'll try to address some of both of those things here, but obviously, since you're not in my office, I can't really address all those things. So, Melissa, if you were in my office, we'd start with cognitive restructuring, which is going to be the very beginner, going to be the part of the cognitive piece of cognitive behavioral therapy. Part of that, in my view, is to look at the relationship and to look at the pros and cons of the relationship and to start challenging the truthfulness and the reality of the fears, kind of weigh them back and forth and to kind of uh, look at kind of possible or likely outcomes that may be based more in reality. As I mentioned before, uh, we'd uh, we'd look at and address uh, the thoughts about whether or not there are any issues that are going on in the relationship and whether or not there is any good reason to be having them or any reason uh, at all that's contributing to these thoughts. In other words, is there any reason that you should that we would say, yeah, you should break up with them or yes, you actually do want to break up with them? You didn't really mention anything like that in the call, but I, I, I certainly think it's it's worth mentioning. Now, of course, this might recontribute back into your obsessions, and if it does, I apologize. But um, that's part of what you'd be doing in treatment. If you and I were to continue working together and kind of working through these, uh, working through these thoughts, which, by the way, we could completely discover that all these thoughts you're having are completely bonkers. Um, but you know, one of the things to recognize as well is that sometimes relationships do, in fact, run their course. Sometimes, yes, you love this person, but you don't really love them enough, and that they've kind of relationships have 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 seen the end of the road, and sometimes it is time to move on at that point. Now, of course, this is not what you wanted me to say, uh, and and of course, this is a, a little bit of an exposure for you, and I'll also say this is a great time to mention um, that a lot of this you should be going over with a therapist in an office. So if you are, uh, if you can. 
try to find a therapist that knows a little bit about knows anything about relationship OCD or OCD in general. And this would they would hopefully be able to take you through some of these thoughts or some of these considerations in this process and to see uh, to kind of shake things out and to see if they can uh, help you to find uh, a way to challenge some of the legitimacy of these thoughts. Or perhaps just remind yourself that they're completely nuts and that we can lean into it as if it is completely OCD and then start treating it with exposure and response prevention. Now, part of the restructuring piece is that you've also recognized that you don't want to break up with them. You like them. You want to stay with them. I mean, if I'm taking what you're saying to be true, you don't want to break up with them. You're having these unwanted, intrusive thoughts that say you have to break up with them, you should break up with them, um, that you're eventually just going to be friends. And and yes, that's uh, that's a scary thought. But you said you, you don't really want to. You, you, one of the things you said, you're, you're afraid that maybe these thoughts are going to convince you to break up with them. So we're, we're, we're going to hold on to that. And it's an important piece to remember in terms of challenging the legitimacy of the thoughts. It sounds like there isn't really a whole lot of evidence that there is a reason to break up. So if there isn't a whole lot of evidence, we can remind ourselves that perhaps these thoughts are a figment of OCD's little uh, imagination and one of its ploys. And again, that being said, to go back and forth on this, and I know this is not what you want me to say, uh, he's your boyfriend. We break up with boyfriends and girlfriends, and um, we are likely to break up with a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Not every boyfriend and girlfriend turns into the love of our life, the person that we're going to be with for the rest of our life. So your brain is perhaps appropriately recognizing that this is one of the possibilities that could happen within the relationship. However, one of the things, one of the worst things, the stupid things that our brain does is it takes those fears of stuff that we don't want to have happen, puts it right up in our face and says... This is possible. You don't want this to happen. This is a pitfall. This is a potential that could happen, but it could happen. So one of the things we have to do in life is to sit with the reality that we're going to think about and our brain is appropriately going to recognize the terrible things that could happen in life. Now, that's the negative side. That's the downside about having a human brain, but it's part of it. So, um, and I, I'm jumping ahead of myself actually, but Thank your brain in an eye roll approach. Say, you know, brain, thanks. Thanks for that thought. That's a weird one. But okay, you're right. We could break up. We could just be friends. I could cheat on him. He could cheat on me. Thanks. I hope it doesn't happen, but I'm going to move on with that. All right. So, Melissa, also, I'll say this. If you're saying you're experiencing a lot of the symptoms that I mentioned in the ROCD episode, well, where are the compulsions? This is an incredibly helpful thing for you to know where and how and what you're doing as compulsions. So, being aware of them, being aware of whether or not you're asking for reassurances from boyfriend, from others, whether or not you're over-evaluating your feelings, whether or not you're checking for those romantic feelings or the feelings of attraction or arousal, whether or not you're having sex with him for reassurance or checking to see if you're still into it, um, whether or not you're asking friends if they think that you two are meant to be and, and hoping that they're going to say yes and not confirming that, oh, you know, eh, he's okay or eh, he's a little weird or, or, or whatever, the, whatever it is. Um, also, are you comparing yourself to other relationships? This is another uh, common compulsion that folks do within ROCD. Now, 
if you were to do anything between exposure or response prevention, which is the exposure is progressively getting you closer to this fear, response prevention is then resisting anything that would reduce or nullify or neutralize or help you to avoid that feeling, I would rather you do response prevention, which is going to be holding back on compulsions. Um, because as life goes, life is going to give you exposures. It's super good at giving us exposures to whatever we're afraid of. But knowing where we are inappropriately and maladaptively using compulsions as a means of managing our anxiety, uh, that is an inappropriate and unhelpful way to deal with it. So we're going to identify what those compulsions are and slowly start pulling those out of your life in managing the anxiety. I'll remind everybody of this. Anxiety is always going to go away because it always has and it always will. But we're going to have these ups and downs, cycles of anxiety. In, those, in some of those moments, we get triggered. Melissa, you get triggered with this anxiety and it feels so uncomfortable and those thoughts feel so real. What if I'm going to cheat? What if we're just going to be friends? What if we're going to break up? And then eventually, that anxiety starts to subside. You start getting back to your more reasoned brain, your more reasoned thought, and went, man, my thoughts are crazy sometimes. Great. Ride those waves of anxiety. Resist those compulsions. Those are the things when we try to force ourselves to feel okay, that is a surefire way to get us in back into that OCD cycle and to reinforce it. Instead, we can recognize I can survive this up and down. It's going to feel uncomfortable, but I can get there. Now, to that point... We can always practice mindfulness. In the moment of our anxiety, we need to bring ourselves back to the present, bring ourselves back to what's actually happening right now. Usually when we get really caught up with our anxiety and we kind of spike and start spiraling, it's when we're getting caught up in the truthfulness or falseness or fighting with the thought act calls us dirty discomfort and the struggle switch. We've turned the struggle switch on and we're trying to fight with this thought. We're trying to make sure that it's not going to be real and it's just going to drive us crazy. But instead, we can bring ourselves back to acknowledging that right now, I've got this mess of thoughts in my head, both that I love him and that I want to break up with him and that he's great and that I wonder if there's someone else out there and, and all these collections of thoughts. And we're, we're saying that some of these are good and some of these are bad, but they're all just stuff that we're thinking of. Instead, we can just acknowledge, okay, I've got this mess of stuff in my head. And that I can be okay with that. I, and I don't need to do anything about any of them, truthfully, in the moment. Also to acknowledge, and I'll say this is perhaps reassuring, but truthfully, most people have similar thoughts to what you're saying. Is that we, we have thoughts equally of, of loving our partner and being just terribly annoyed by them. Um, and that's because of intimacy. Is that because we get to truly see who they are and they get to truly see who we are. But acknowledge and accept that these are the thoughts that you're having and not that all of them are true. Think about it this way. Um, we take those individual thoughts as information and kind of part of this overall constellation that contribute to who we are and what we believe and what we stand for and what we want. But each and every individual thought isn't the whole of it. It's just one thought. It's just some thoughts because you also have been telling me about that you love them and that you want to be with them. Great. Remember, not all thoughts deserve our attention, but we take those weird thoughts that you go, oh my gosh, what if that one's true? Take a breath, bring ourselves back to the moment rather than taking this one and extrapolating it out to say this one's the fact. To say, okay, hold on now. I got a lot of these thoughts. 
Well, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait and see all the information or more information to start coming in before I make a firm decision. It sounds like you are doing this. You're not just breaking up with him, which is great. But remember that we can sit with these thoughts. You said at the end of your comment that you're, you want to stay with him. And you know what? You can be determined to stay with him despite these thoughts. You mentioned that you're worried that your thoughts are persuading your brain to fall out of love with him. What I'll say to that is that good luck to your brain. Our, our brain, in pretty much anything else, has a tough time convincing us or persuading us to change our feelings. Again, if we could convince ourselves to change the way we feel, my job wouldn't exist. A therapist's job wouldn't exist. We would just feel that way. And let's be honest, we'd all just go, well, I guess I'll be happy. That's a lot more fun than feeling sad. So I'll do that. But we can't. We can't. And that's okay. But we can sit with the recognition that our brain is thinking one thing. We are feeling this other thing. That we feel a mess of thoughts and that we feel a mess of feelings. And sometimes the feeling is neutral and nothing, and that's okay. That's one of the things that we feel. But instead, to step back from trying to prove ourselves that we need to prove our, 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 ourselves that we feel something, or that we should feel something, or shouldn't feel this other thing. Instead, acknowledge that there are, are these thoughts in your mind, and sit with the mix of them in those moments of anxiety. Now, what's also going to help with this is doing exposures. Now, if if anybody who's listening to my show, you're well familiar with talking about exposures. And again, we're trying to uh, we're trying to bring about these thoughts and bring about these feelings. Now, mindfulness and exposures are going to kind of be two different exercises that we're going to practice at two different times. Think about exposures as weightlifting, where you're really working out your body to tr- it with weird actions and weird activities to try to make the muscles stronger. You do that not because just in and of itself, but you do that so you can go and live your life and be stronger in everyday life, right? Mindfulness is how you live your life and you take on the the weight and the size and the shape of things that are there. You go to the gym to make yourself stronger to better face those things out in everyday life. But mindfulness, we take what it is as it is, not trying to make life harder than it really is already. But we go into the gym, make ourselves stronger with exposures. All right, so Melissa, if, if you're not working with a therapist to do some of these exposures, I'd highly encourage you to do it. If you don't have a therapist, there are tons of books out there, tons of resources out there that will help you to do some exposures to these fears. The main thing to think about is, well, what are you actually afraid of? What is your if then? What is your what if in relation to these? Um, I mean, one of my initial thoughts was that uh, I, was that you're 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 worried that you what if I don't love him? What if I don't love him enough? Um, and to me, that's kind of based on the comment about well, what if I cheat on him? What if we'll just be friends? Or kind of this idea of like, what if he's not enough to hold my attention? Or what if he's not enough? Uh, what if I don't love him enough? And we'll just kind of slowly slink out of this this lovey dovey feeling, and we'll just kind of get back into this friend zone, and that's kind of a bummer. Um, but to think about what, what's in relation to that. Now, 
uh, one of the mo- one of the first things that I, I love to assign, and I think that this is some of the most helpful things that anybody can do in relationship OCD, is to actually script out our fears. In other words, that we're not fearing our our, our feared thoughts. Instead, we're going to allow ourselves to think about them and think about the worst case scenario and sit with that discomfort. Let's be honest, our brain is giving us this worst case scenario anyways, and we're trying to run away from it. Instead, we're just going to acknowledge it. And we're going to sit in that discomfort, knowing that our brain and our body are going to get used to it. Truth of the thoughts will present themselves down the line. But remember, you and I can't predict the future. So scripting can help with this. Now, now a script that may be helpful for you is to actually write out that, that these thoughts that you're having are going to destroy everything that you love and ruin your relationships despite your desires. Maybe that's going to happen, Right. Maybe that's one of those fears that your thoughts are going to convince you to fall out of love with this person. Possible. And, but instead of trying to fight that, well, instead we're going to sit with that, that anxiety and, and, and feel that fear until ultimately we get used to that thought being there. But you and I can do all sorts of stuff despite the fact that we think or feel something. Again, there, there are things that you want to buy or places that you want to go that you don't buy or do. Because you don't have the time, we don't have the budget for it, whatever. But we go against what we truly desire. Now, I wrote out a sample script for you, just in case this kind of resonates with you. Um, you can read it, you can not read it, or listen to it, rather. Um, but to kind of give you an idea about what this might sound like. So this would be a script in first person and in present tense written about this scenario happening. And this one may not hit exactly what your fears are, but if your fears are that that your thoughts are going to destroy what you love and ruin your relationships despite your desires, well, this might help you to tap into that anxiety, sit with this, and practice being present without fighting the anxiety. Over time, the anxiety of this story will subside. Okay, so... If you're not ready for this, fast forward through it. It's just going to be a couple of minutes, and then we'll kind of get in and, and wrap up this long episode. Okay, so here's how it could go. I fought them as much as I can, but my thoughts finally win me over. I'm breaking up with Dave. I don't know if his name is Dave, but anyways. While I initially don't want to, all of a sudden, I feel like the relationship is over, and I have to do it. I call him up and break up with him, and he cries. And he tells me he loves me and wants to spend the rest of his life with me and asks what he did wrong. I want to make myself feel like I used to, but nothing can change my feelings or my mind. So I break up with him. Every now and again, I think about Dave and I have a moment of missing him. But my brain reminds me that I had to break up with him. I try to date again, and things go really well, and then I notice the same thoughts telling me to break up with them. And despite not having any reason to break up with them, I have to give in. Relationship after relationship is ruined because of my thoughts. I spend the rest of my life going in and out of relationships, never finding lasting love or happiness, because my thoughts convince me to end the relationships. So, that's a small script. It only took a couple of minutes. But if that triggered your anxiety, reread and reread and reread or re-listen to that story over and over and over again until ultimately you are bored with that story. So that 
if and when that story starts popping into your brain on a regular old basis, you can go, oh yeah, that thought. I thought that thought a gazillion times. Thought stupid, I don't need to pay attention to it. Good day to you, thought. So that's one of the things that you can do. You can also, by the way, you can you can lean into the thoughts with a momentary exposure. Now, this is also similar to mindfulness in the in a, a quote th- uh, thanking your brain exercise from ACT, uh, and, and this is in which that you 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 agree with all your thoughts. I, I, I to a certain degree call this the eye roll approach. If you've heard me talk about this before, it's that that you agree with all your thoughts. So in other words, we kind of like when your brain gives you some of these nonsense thoughts, we go, "Yep, we are totally going to break up." Probably, at least, right? I mean, but today, uh, you know, I'll hang out with them and kind of see if my feelings change. But, yep, we're totally going to break up, brain. Now, this can be uncomfortable to acknowledge that thought and to feel and to not fight it. Obviously, every exercise can become compulsive, but um, this, this disregards the importance of the feelings. It devalues the importance of the thoughts. And ultimately, that's one of the things we're trying to do. All right, so... We've talked about mindfulness, we talked about cognitive restructuring, we talked about exposures. One of the things you mentioned at the very end was how uh, your boyfriend can support. So as I mentioned earlier, if you're doing compulsions, tell him which ones you're doing, when you're doing them, and to see if he'd be willing to reflect when you're doing them to help bring you back down to you know, firm ground. Hey, you're doing that thing again, remember? And it helps to kind of bring us back to reality. It's one thing. Um, if you are asking him for reassurances, you can give him this line or, or a couple of these lines to, to tell him. You can say, Melissa, I love you, but I'm not going to answer that question. And you can also say, uh, he can also say, Melissa, what did I say last time? Or what did we talk about last time? All of this can help. Again, it puts it back into your court rather than him trying to uh, alleviate your anxiety it, it's back into your decision, and you are the one who's going to have to make that decision and sit with that uncertainty. Um, lastly, and if you're not ready for this, or if you are ready for this, um, he can he can help you to lean into the fear. He can say, you know what, we probably are going to break up. Sucks, right? Now, if you're not ready for that, I totally get it. That is for you know some Olympic level stuff down the line. But you can play with these, and you can have a conversation with him about how he can support you. And that reminds me, just lastly. Think about some ways that you that he can be helpful, and it may be just very subtle things. It may just be him, you know, saying "I love you" every now and again. It can just be, you know, ultimately it comes down to him being him, and you two having the relationship that you're having. If there are some of those genuine relationship concerns that you're obsessed about or thinking about, maybe you can address those. But again, those can be compulsive in nature. But again, there's only so much that one guy can do on a podcast with someone who's thousands of miles away that I've only read a paragraph and a half from. So anyways, a lot of the support that he can do is just, again, being himself and just being the guy that you love. That's that's the guy you fell in love with. And for you to then think about what are some ways that you can, you can seek support, and that may be through seeking treatment, it may be through um, reading some OCD books, um, honestly, listening to podcasts and uh, just trying to educate yourself about OCD and how your anxiety gets at you, maybe going through some workbooks um, can ultimately be helpful. Self-awareness and being able to accept uncertainty is going to be some of the most important things that you can do. We are all 
uncertain in the relationships that we're in. We don't want to think about it. We want to be romantic about it and say we're going to be together forever and it's going to be great, right? Things happen. We hear about it all the time. Um, and I say that for my relationship too. I love my wife. I'm pretty, sur- I'm pretty certain she loves me, but you know what? Things happen. And I hope they don't, but I can't live in the future where those things are happening. I have to live in the reality of what I'm in right now. And thus far, none of those things have happened. Melissa, for you, all of the things that you're afraid of could happen, but you know what? Thus far, they haven't. So let's remind ourselves to bring ourselves back to, to the moment. Thus far, they haven't happened. Those thoughts suck. The ones you're afraid of suck. But we haven't gotten there yet. Instead, what can we do today? What can you and your boyfriend do today that would help move your relationship forward, help build into that relationship, help try to be the best relationship that you can possibly have until the bottom falls out and all the terribleness actually happens and you fall out of love and you're just friends and you have to date again and he moves on to somebody else and everyone cheats on everybody. And But again, that hasn't happened yet, right? Another what if that you haven't been considering is, what if you two live happily ever after? What if everything works out just fine? Your brain isn't thinking about this, but it's one of the options. So instead of getting sucked into the future or the past, refocus back on what kind of relationship would you like to have today and how can you best build into that knowing that we don't know the future or the outcome of what we're doing. So I know some of that might be scary, but... It's some stuff to think about, some stuff to work on. So, Melissa, thank you so much for the question. Uh, everybody who's listening, I hope that some of this was relevant or helpful for all of you. Um, and for all of you out there who are preparing for Valentine's Day coming up in the next couple of days. Um, this is the weirdest salutation in Valentine's Day episode or per- unintentional episode I've ever put together. So, thanks for listening. All right, everybody. Thank you for making it through that episode. Um, I don't know why it took me the entire episode to realize that Valentine's Day is going to be this uh, uh, going to be at the end of this week um, when this episode comes out. Um, and I'm doing a whole episode on cheating in a relationship falling apart. And I don't put those two together until right at the very end. So um, all of us are going to go ahead and move forward towards uh, Valentine's Day or Singles Awareness Day, if that's the, the day that you celebrate. Um, and recognize that none of us are certain within our relationships that that, uh, all of our fears could happen. Or they won't, which is also something to think about. So uh, to everybody out there, thank you so much for listening. If you have a question or or a comment on this uh, episode, um, uh, feel free to shoot me an email. Give me, well, can't give me a call. (laughs) The call uh, option was abolished many moons ago. But uh, thank you all so much for uh, listening. If you have a question, go to fearcastpodcast.com and uh, you can ask me a question there for a future episode. Um, If you have some feedback on this one or want to add a little bit something for Melissa, uh, let me know and I'll add it to a future episode. Uh, As a reminder, everybody, uh, the FearCast is not a substitute for psychotherapy. If you have questions about treatment or need a little bit of extra support in your own treatment, uh, go to fearcastpodcast.com and you can uh, check on the uh, or check out the uh, get help link. There'll be some stuff for you there. Um, if you like the show, uh, it would be great to give me a uh, give me a like, give me a thumbs some thumbs up, or give me a review. Um, all of that. 
uh, helps others to find the show, it, and, it, uh, and it warms my little heart to know that um, uh, people think it's not the worst possible thing. If you think it's the worst possible thing, stop listening. There's that. But uh, you're listening, so thanks so much for getting all the way through this. Um, all right, everybody. Until next time, take a risk, challenge yourself, and don't take your brain too seriously. Bye.